Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamlet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this week's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we not only review Smackdown but also Monday Raw, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. A quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to review Friday Night Smackdown and a sensational World Cup match. But enough about England's victory over Senegal. <laughs> uh, there was a wrestling match with the uh, Santos Escobar and Ricochet here. Yeah, and I would classify that as half decent, by which I mean the second half of the match. But uh, a really good two hours this was. I cannot pretend that um, I was as engaged as I would typically like on a Saturday morning watching this show. Mm. We, we often talk about weekend viewing habits. I was, I mean, I mean, hideously hungover on a Saturday. <laughs> uh, drinking is really fun, but it's also not cool. Pick whichever one of them you prefer and live that life. Mm. Because I picked both, apparently. <laughs> uh so it took me uh, quite a lot of Saturday to watch it. And I think that with WWE, sometimes that really helps because I liked pretty much everything I watched. But there was a certain, I don't know, but when we get into this review, it, there were a couple of details that really mattered. It's always bloodline stuff. So like there's bloodline stuff that like runs really deep, right? No pun intended. But a lot of the stories feel quite disposable or feel quite knockabout. It's that time of year where it's just like, oh, they're going to have a little thing with them. They're going to have a little thing with them. And then everything's going to get chewed. It's going to root to WrestleMania. It's time with a raw rumble. Like everybody's, <laughs> there's very little in the way of very serious focus, I would say, for the majority of these characters. But when you break a SmackDown up, which I was very privileged to be able to do this weekend, rather than watching a two-hour block, I found it quite refreshing. Like, oh, yeah, they're into that. Yeah. Oh, they're into that. Oh, they're into that. I wish I could do that of a Tuesday morning with Raw because <laughs> I'd probably have a lot more patience for the weak spots because I just thought like this roster felt like it was full of purpose and a bunch of wrestlers that are in storylines that I'm quite interested in mm. and the matches were of a, were of a very good standard. Like th- honestly throughout the night, um, the be- a better standard than Raw because they're not running too long because there's less time yes. to fill on television as well, which just helps exponentially as we always Never going to happen, Raw. But if Raw was two hours, then they'd be great. They'd be laughing, yeah. Instead of the eight Nick Khan once, <laughs> let's have the two that we all do. Yeah, I thought, you know, there was a lot of speculation going into this these two hours um, and a lot of pressure, mm. um, you know, the history of these two hours sometimes, you know, weighs heavy on the personnel. And I thought it was just a really enjoyable two hours with a, a real showcase of young talent. Jude Bellingham, uh, Bakayo Saka. Looked to, <laughs> sorry, what are we doing here? Oh, we're talking about SmackDown, aren't we? The wrestling podcast. Can we have a quick word on how good England were last night, though? England were really great last night. We were talking about this before we recorded. Is Gareth Southgate Papa H? <laughs> I can think of at least one of my esteemed colleagues who would resent that comparison. Um, England was so great, and in a way where I always have to relate like just how detached I was from international football, because I think that's a relatively shared experience as well. I think as somebody that like loved football from a very young age, but at a club level, it was... So disheartening to just fall out with the national team completely. We love football, but he didn't love us back. He did not love us back. Um, and now it's something entirely different. I feel like what it must be like. You know what used to really piss me off? And I guess still does, but I just engage with it less. Um, every 
fan of every team, of every club. Skip forward if you're not interested in football talk. We do get to SmackDown. Uh, yeah, because this genuinely was a really good show. <laughs> does this thing where we are, we talked about this in the week, where it's like, uh, <laughs> typical Chesterfield, that. That's so Sunderland, that is, whatever. But, like, no, that's every single team, every single fan of every... Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Football just happens to you, because that's football, right? But when I would listen to, when I was younger, it was Man United. As I've got older, it's become more Man City. Um, Spurs a little bit as well. But they don't win much. They're allowed. Let me like, just check. They don't win anything. Yeah. Man City fans are the worst for it currently. But it was previously Man United. Uh, it was just... Or Liverpool. Because even though they never won the league, they had like armloads of domestic trophies. Yeah. Every season they couldn't move for FA Cups and the like. Just be like... Yeah. That's absolutely bloody typical of us, that is. <laughs> sitting in the pub with like a Man United fan or something. And then it might be nil-nil after 60 minutes. Oh, God. So United. Of course it's United to do that. What, win everything for like 10 years yeah. and then some? Um, I love Ewan, who used to work here. Yeah. Him complaining to me, complaining to me too once about their third choice left back going on loan to Southampton, <laughs> whilst my football club was genu- genuinely in danger of a triple relegation and going out of business. I heart didn't bleed so much then. We, ju- we just do that all the time here at Liverpool. And you're just like... Uh, and this is the thing, right? You just go, because you support a rubbish team, you're more used... To, and I, can't, I could do that to you. We're suddenly in the championship. And Chesterfield out in the league. So you could theoretically have that same thing with me. Like exactly. Bloody, there's always levels to this thing, right? So what all I'm leading to there is, with England, I was watching last night, and in, for 30 minutes, I wasn't saying England were bad, but they just weren't really, they hadn't yet really gotten out of first gear. And you no. saw what happened when they did. So you kind of, your football fan impatience goes, well, just get out of first gear from the off, and then you can win 10 nil instead of 3 nil, And that's not realistic. But I was just thinking, wow, this is... This is what it's like to support one of them really great teams and occasionally have like 10 minutes of frustration. Like, there was a chance, Senegal had a great chance before uh, we were rescued by England's absolutely brilliant and Sunderland-born uh, Jordan Pickford, who, uh, by the way, I blew my kid's mind last night telling them that Jordan Pickford and Jordan Henderson were born in the same hospital as them two. They absolutely <laughs> loved Ooh, that. Good stuff. They loved that. Um, and you're just like, oh, this is less than ideal. But it's because you're brilliant. I'm watching it going like, what are we doing that for? Because we're brilliant. And it's just not a place I get to live as a no. football fan, ever. And having it happen on, like, the world stage, no less. Um, I've, I've had years of World Cups and Euros where I just like watching other teams more. Yeah. I'm a big <laughs> yeah. USA men's national team fan. Yeah. Like, they're a preposterous outfit, and I love them for it. Um, with the exception of Casey Keller, because he got Sunderland striker Don Goodman sent off in 1992, and I don't forget <laughs> anything. Um, but, like, yeah, I love the American national team. Everyone loves Holland, because you cannot not. Uh, and they like fell out of favour for a number of years as well. So it's been lovely having them back. You can have your favourites if you, whether you're a Pessy guy or a Penaldo fan. Like you know, there's a yeah. It, there's you're allowed your favourites, whoever. But I, th- I think I like England the best, and that still feels like a shocking sentiment. We're not getting carried away, by the way. We are fully convinced that England are going to get knocked out by France in the quarterfinals. Probably, probably well, the second best blue brand in all of sports after SmackDown. But yeah. Um, <laughs> It's just nice to enjoy the journey and not just it be an absolute slog. And speaking of the, the, the weekend results, by the way. And God bless the United States. Look, they, got the, they got the World Cup in four years. I think this has been decent preparation for them. And I think they probably went as far as they could go. Should, should we go as far as we can go to the World Cup in four years' time? <laughs> I didn't know until right now that they've got the World Cup. This is how detached I'm from it. Really? Like they've got the World Cup yeah, in. Yeah, four years. Should we go? Yeah. We uh, somehow make it work. Stick out there for a summer slam or something. Yeah, wrap it around a wrestling show and just like spend three weeks. USA 94. I was old. I've got these like vague recollections of watching um, bits of Italian night with my dad, but they're probably a little bit semi implanted in truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. USA 94. I remember every goddamn blade of grass. Like, See, I was before people don't my even time. like that tournament. People like go back and analyze the games and say the quality was poor. It's, you never forget your first, do you? Like, I absolutely adored every last stinking second. 98 for me. Right. Not, the, not the first World Cup, I mean. It was Euro 96, obviously. Super World Cup that was as yeah. well. Really good. And I've always been like, I love England and I love international football. And I got to go to games at Euro 96. I went and watched Davos Suke make a mug of Peter Schmeichel yeah. in the Croatia-Denmark game at Hillsborough. Uh-huh. Um, but I've always been like, oh, it's great. And I love watching it on telly. And I make sure my calendar's free for the, for the time that the tournament's on. I never really that asked about going. Even when it was like Euros in France mm-hmm. or, you know, England were at Wembley, obviously I would have liked to have gone to that, but it was no chance of that happening. Yeah. Germany would have been a fun tournament to go to, but I didn't make any efforts to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Going to watch football and being in the United States. You know what? I'll call it goddamn soccer if I need to. Do right. Stateside. Yeah. In one of them awesome stadiums. Oh. 80,000 goddamn fans losing their goddamn mind. Back to MetLife or... Uh, where, where was the other? Beers. 
Sun Sun Life Stadium. <laughs> SoFi. 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 That's where it's going this Beers, year. Beers, brisket, and ballers. <laughs> Welcome to the World Cup, assholes. Strap uh, in. Yeah. Uh, also, nice to see DeAndre Yedlin still, but still a thing. Oh, DeAndre Yedlin. Uh, be still my beating heart for a period until he left and went to Newcastle. But uh, a, a teammate then of uh, Josie Altador, who was also a, a, not a cult son and favourite. That would only be half true. Uh, but Banner. we did. Yeah, and part of the greatest one-sided trade deal in football history where both sides were equally thrilled when we swapped him for Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> and either side thought we had the better end of the deal yeah. and then seemed to have the better end of the deal. <laughs> um, what else do I like about America? Uh, Lyndon Gooch. A Sunderland guy that has been up and down the divisions with us. He's become a bit of a like club legend at this point. Uh, and that's all of American football's contributions <laughs> to my heart, mostly. Yeah. Alexi Lalas, his hair. Brian McBride. The USA 94 home and away kits. Yeah. Clint Dempsey. Landon Donovan. Mia Ham. Because <laughs> her name starts with Ham as well. Also, I like the one who's, I can't remember his name is, the one who's got the red, white, and blue. You love hair. that. That guy was cool. Yeah. Anyway. He'd make one of my lists about gear. Like, <laughs> hidden meanings behind a tyre. Yeah, has a flag. Uh, let's talk uh, wrestling. Though. Although there was the World Cup final, and what World Cup? Uh, no pressure on, presumably, France and Brazil. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this was a hell of a World Cup Top final that. that we'll get to. But the show opened with the best thing in wrestling right now, the bloodline, of course. Uh, no Roman Reigns, because it's on FS1. Uh, <laughs> it was the Usos, Sammy Uso, and Solo mm-hmm. Um And we get a big recap of Survivor Series. Revenge! Uh, and Sami Zayn gets on the mic to a great reaction, of course. Uh, starts praising the Usos, and Jimmy's like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Tonight, it's about you, Sami, Sami Zayn. Uh, you're, you know, you're the reason why we won war games. You are, you know, the reason why all the fans come here to chant Sami Uso. Cue Sami Uso mm-hmm. chant. Uh, Jay gets on the mic, and I love the dynamic now between uh, Sami and Jay. And Jay's like, you know what? Didn't like you, didn't trust you for quite some time, Sami. Uh, but you've you've earned my respect. Yeah, we won war games because of you. Uh, and Jimmy says, "Hey, yeah, how, how you feeling, Sammy? After all this, Sammy's like, I'm feeling pretty goddamn." Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not the only one. And then, just when you thought the handshake between Jimmy and Sammy couldn't get any better, oh, yeah. how about we make it a three-way? Jay gets involved. Solo Sikoa still just stands there, <laughs> not involved in any of this bollocks. Uh, and then the bloody brawling brutes come out, which is the only. One of the few times where the brawling brutes come out and I go, Ugh, what are you doing here? Because I love him. Uh, and uh, Seamus says, uh, he hates to beat up a fellow ginger, but it's fully night. Yeah. You, well, you've hit upon something there. Normally, uh, I'd be great to see the brawling brutes, etc. We may be entering that period uh, of any babyface suffering the consequences of this now. This is an absolute sweet spot. We, we said this after the Survivor Series. This should be holiday sweater era. Should be holiday, holiday season, literally, mm. for the bloodline. I want to see them as happy as they've ever been. I want to see, um, a, like, the bloodline present a traditional Samoan Christmas, but Sammy and Sissy <laughs> has it at his house. <laughs> yes. Like, in freezing Montreal or something like that. Uh, I want to see, like, Sammy get to the start of getting his tattoo, like a Samoan bloodline tattoo. Oh, my God. Imagine like, they made snowmen with their fingers in the air. Amazing, right? Like the jumpers, the whole deal. I think, like, I'm annoyed they haven't got a bloodline Christmas jumper. I've bought mine for this yeah. year, but I was waiting. I was hoping the family picture for the cards, the Christmas yes. cards, I guess, and all that sort of stuff. This is definitely the thing to do because it doesn't cool anything down. But it, if anything, it like reheats the turn that's coming because oh, they're now closer than ever. That's this makes total sense. This this part of the story. I thought they would lean on the tension and lean on the tension, and lean on the tension right the way up to next year, and this was way better. I was they, WWE actually did a Tony Khan thing of thinking of something beyond what all of us could sit and speculate. Yeah, on. they gave you something that wasn't only just good on its own terms, but better for the potential of the story. Um, I think Triple H deserves credit for what is now unequivocally his handling of something that was given to him. Yes, we're in, we're entering this period now where this is his story and this is direction has gone in the way that I'm assuming he has led, and I love it. I love it so much. There, the problem comes from the fact that they are so lovable <laughs> even our, even as dickheads they're they they're key like they they add in little details and the nuances in the performances that just like they're little they're still a little bit ratty in their behavior <laughs> yes and that is heel that's fundamental heel demeanor stuff but 
in the ring. Like when Sammy's going, I'm feeling pretty freaking oozing, man. <laughs> Brings the house down. Yeah. So any baby faces are kind of in trouble. And I felt that as well. Not to jump ahead too much because there was obviously a certain wrinkle of detail in the fact when Jimmy and Jay had the backstage chat. But when Sheamus just like battered them both with the shillelagh and was like, yeah. I'll see you Monday for another, bat- another round or whatever. I was like, oh, arsehole. And this is a guy <laughs> yeah, who, yeah, like, yeah. pretty much since Clash at the Castle has felt like the top baby face on the show. And I'm looking at him, like, like you were saying, why are you, what are you doing to my guys? These, yeah. are, these are my dogs. Like, uh, I, I don't want to, and I just sort of, I'm not sure that's, but that's, I think that's a, just like, you've got, if you're going to ride the lightning, I suppose, with this act, I think that's part of it, yeah. unfortunately. Um, I think the benefit they all have is, is they haven't got, like, six months. Mm. They've got five. Yeah. I think they've got enough, like, like you say, if you're going to pull the trigger on the Sammy thing at Elimination Chamber, or yeah. so that kind of takes February out of the picture. So all you've really got to do is a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And whether it's Kevin Owens or Sheamus, they're not going to get booed out of the building. No, it's far not from like it. when you used to present, well, old Roman Reigns. It's yeah. like, here he is. <laughs> no. Is this one you really, really like? Who? You know, this one you really, really like. Where? Um, and then, yeah. We got to see a Sami Zayn versus Sheamus match, which mm. is always fine by me because they're two great workers. It's not, uh, I mean, I can say this after your play-by-player guess, but it is not a coincidence to me right now that, like, this is the, I would say, the fourth or fifth example lately of Sami Zayn dialing up the in-ring. We are seeing the return of, I'm not suggesting that we've got, that Sami Zayn has got, like, 2016 NXT against Nakamura forming him, let alone... Uh, mid 2000s early 2010s uh, PWG mm. I, 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 nor am I asking for it no however there is a level that he hasn't had to reach consistently and you're noticing it more and more and more in these singles and tags on Smackdown in War Games the other week he's finding a level that is going to be crucial to when the babyface turn happens and you need to root for him as a wrestler if that just happens at the like flick of a switch it stands to feel fake. And I think matches like this exist to remind yeah. you that like he still can go more than enough to carry his end of when this turn happens. Yeah, if slash when this all happens, he's going to hit a blue thunderbolt on Roman Reigns and I'm going to go, cool, title's changing hands. It is going to kick ass, yeah. Um, so yeah, the story of this match, as you probably anticipated, was Sheamus generally dominates unless the bloodline run interference, which they do, mm-hmm. and that allows Zayn to take over. He hit a DDT uh, after a break, after he'd been chucked around ringside by Sheamus. Sammy Uso chants. Uh, Zayn tries to get Sheamus with the 10 beats of the Bodron, <laughs> uh, but Sheamus breaks free, goes for it himself. Zayn escapes. That's the ongoing story of this match. Zayn recovers, flying crossbody, uh, but Sheamus catches him and hits him with that great Irish curse backbreak puts him in a submission. Sammy gets out of it eventually. Um, we go to another break. When we come back, Sheamus goes for a white noise off the top, but uh, Zayn counters into a sunset flip bomb for a near fall, goes for the halluva kick, uh, but Sheamus gets in with white noise for a nice two count. <laughs> Again, this booing to Sheamus at this point. <laughs> he sets up for the brogue. Jimmy calls a distraction. Sheamus catches Sammy and gets him in the 10 beats of the Bodron. Uh, which is gets a pab, but it's also like, eh, don't do that, Sammy. Yeah. Um, Usos interfere. Sheamus gets hit with a super kick. Zayn hits the blue thunder bomb for, surprise, surprise, a near fall. <laughs> um, Holland and Butch uh, get involved, um, and there's a big brawl with the Usos. And I'm, I'm going, what's, what's right? But where's all of And he comes flying <laughs> in and wrecks the uh, rest of the brawling brutes. Um, it looks like he's going to get hit. Sheamus is going to get hit with a halluva kick. He counters that with a knee to the face, though. But Jimmy causes a distraction. Sheamus has got um, Sammy seemingly up for like an Alabama slam mm-hmm. or something. Uh, or like a beach break, it looked like. Yeah. And Jay, because he's best bloody mates now, comes in, super kicks Sheamus. That allows Zayn to sunset flip him over. One, two, three. Sammy Zayn gets the victory. A really good um, overbooked fun TV match would be what I'd classify this as. Way more going on. This is the difference, right, between a lot of these matches where Triple H wants them to go five extra minutes and the action's really good, but the story coming out of it is like either really bland, so whether it's some random tag feud on Raw you're yeah. not really invested in, or you have to do Gargano distraction finish because we just can't wait for this bloody mismatch, but you can. You don't want to watch it. Yeah. The outcome is not something you've particularly invested in. When the characters are as well drawn as the bloodline and the feuds they're in are subsequently elevated as a result, you have this 
situation where there's loads of action going on the outside. It's there to be a distraction while the wrestlers set up the next bit. And then what you're left with is the Jey Uso super kick being integral to the finish. You care more because it's not just a cheap finish. It's a cheap finish that has consequences for the Usos later on and for Sami Zayn long term. You want to have your feelings validated. And just tonight, it was lovely to bask in the warmth of Jay's big smile towards Sammy and then see it physically paid off as well. And not him not be like, oh, you wouldn't have won that without me. But yeah. Like, we're winning this we're, together. We're doing this together. If Triple H could book all of his angles and stories like the bloodline is being booked, he would get away with his match formula. Yeah. But he isn't, so he isn't. That's fair. Uh, so, yeah, as I mentioned, it's the World Cup final later on in the evening, and we get vignettes from from both people. Nice one from Ricochet, I thought, later on. Mm. Uh, but here we saw Legado del Fantasma, and particularly uh, Santos Escobar talking up his uh, his chances. Uh, there's Zelina Vega um, smoking a cigar. Oh, my God. Sorry, I, I meant to, uh, I thought it was meant to be a, a World Cup music. I don't know what happened there. I have a feeling I need to borrow Cedric's pen for this podcast. Um, right, uh, Kobe <laughs> Kingston's backstage. That's yeah, good build yeah. up for a yeah a great main event. Um, <laughs> Mega Morant's there with Kofi. He is announced as the first person entering into the Royal Rumble. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't normally. I don't mind like them just having loads of people go. I'm in the Rumble because you're like, right. There's a lot more people than thirty in this locker room. How come you get to do it? Yeah. But Kofi Kingston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously is a name you put on there. And he has to make up for the botch spot from last year. Nice detail that, you know, because I remember it now, but I'd forgotten about it before. And for a guy that has basically made his Royal Rumble living not winning the Royal Rumble already, you've given one of the 30 a story. Yes. Like, I, I said it, and I want to be proven right, because I made a very bold prediction when Triple H took the job. Is like, this is when you, like, need uh, this is the testing of his metal, and there are two Rumbles to fix, because January's were a complete mess. So, like, so far... Fair enough, one guy 20 yes. to go and two rumbles to do this with. So far, so great, because this, to me, bodes well about how he's going to think about how important this rumble is. Stuff going in, stuff in the match, stuff coming out. Uh, but then he's confronted by Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser of Imperium. Uh, and he stands up for himself and says, unfortunately, his A.V. Wood's not here tonight, but uh, I'll happily fight one of you guys. And then Gunther shows up and he's like, I'll cave your chest in, don't you worry. <laughs> it's follow-up off uh, New Day's disgusting assertions that Gunther wasn't a handsome man the other week. Ugh. So Kofi had this coming, if you ask me. Uh, Bray Wyatt's backstage, man. <laughs> uh, and he talks about us being wild animals. Uh, they eat each other. No one calls that violence, Michael Hanflet. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, he didn't hurt. animals, bro. L-A-N-A, yeah. Um, you know, when there's a firework display outside, Bray, do you, uh, and sometimes not on bonfire night, or sometimes on the fourth my friends in the States, you know, there's fireworks, Bray. Do you uh, run and hide behind the sofa, or do you just watch the fireworks? Because <laughs> people and animals are different, Bray. He uh, yeah, re- reasserts the fact that he didn't hurt L.A. No, yeah, um, because uh, if he did, there'd be none of them left. Right. Freeze frame. Uh, okay. So he didn't hurt him because Uncle Howdy did, or The Fiend did, or whoever. Bray's dog died. We'll say, like, Uncle Fiendy at this point, but... It, the worst element of Bray Wyatt, if indeed Uncle Howdy is this man, whatever. Somebody did that to yeah. Elena. Somebody did that to Elena, and it was either Bray Wyatt or Bray Wyatt in somebody else's body, whatever. Hang on, Bray, can I just stop you there? <laughs> you have told us for weeks in your little crying voice that you actually are a good guy, but uh, well, there's things we're kind of run from. In this case, Uncle Howdy, previous to that, The Fiend. You know, he wants to be, mm. comes out and he's like, I miss you guys all so much and I love it here and I, d- I do not wish to be challenged in my morals and my ethics because I'm a changed man. Well, I'd like to see some proof of that because you haven't had a match and it's been like three months. But like, things are different now. Wait then. So what, like you, if you're Uncle Howdy or The Fiend, people are in trouble. Mm. But if you're you, you're going and helping at food banks. You're maybe going and seeing if your local church need any of the roof. Yeah. Up. Just... You know, trying to do your best for society. Well, why apparently is what you would do to LA Knight worse than what this demon monster would do? Pick your fucking lane, pal. Like, Why is he so violent? Well, literally, why? Like, that's not... I'm not staring at my hands when I ask the question. Why is he so violent? Yeah. Because I get why Uncle Howdy's violent or why the fiend is violent. But now Bray's worse, is he? So, like, Uncle Howdy, please don't make me do those things. Okay, I was like... All right, I'm just going to take Christmas off. Well, I guess I'm going to have to do some things, Uncle Howdy. 
Make your fucking mind up. <laughs> like, I consider this a pretty gaping plot hole, and I think I didn't want it to just come across like we're taking the piss out of Bray Wyatt's stuff. But I still really like Bray Wyatt's stuff, by the way. But that seemed a pretty big narrative error to me to be like, I finished the job. Also, you're an actual killer, and Uncle Howard is just a bit of a like. He's rehabilitated. <laughs> what? I don't know, mate. <laughs> just enjoy the ride. Enjoy, enjoy the ride, which uh, has a stop coming up soon called Bray Wyatt vs. LA Night. Gonna <laughs> stay on the bus for that and see where the ride takes you. Uh, we get a video. That's happening in the Rumble, isn't it? Yeah, some blackout match or something, isn't it? What is that? I don't know. He's getting some special match type. Is that lights out, but instead of the like yeah, the low Wendy Chu thing, it's the fireflies or something. Like when people used to go to Coldplay shows and get given those wristbands. I think everybody, I had that at NXT War Games. They gave you an NXT uh, wristband. I had that at Spice Girls, basically the same. Yeah, the light comes on at various points for certain entrances. Uh, do you think they'll do that? Like, well, to be fair, tears stream down Uncle Harry's face, so. <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind of lost something he can't replace. That is good. That is. I wish we had a good podcast bell because I would ring it right now. Yeah, like in like sales rooms in the eighties, they'll have like gimmicks like horns or hooters or whatever. By the way, sales rooms in the eighties, and Louise's got one. I'm in her workplace. Oh shit! Yeah, oh, that still happens now. Ring when you get a deal. Well, I'd ring a bell for you right now over that because that was really good stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, You're a talented broadcast. Tell you what wasn't good you know stuff. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Shotzi, but there was a video package <sighs> here, uh, and then uh, how about are you? Are you crashing on? I'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> Emma's there. She's about to wrestle Shayna Baszler. She's nervous. Really excited. Don't worry. You basically invented a women's wrestling. And she gives him a little peck on the cheek. Gone off uh, the four horsewomen now, have you, Paul? Like, making up as you go along who invented women's wrestling. Who was she in the ring with? Nobody. Like, so who... So, like, you're saying Emma did it? Yeah. Who was she fighting? Shrugs. Nobody. <laughs> Definitely not somebody who was on another wrestling show on the same night. Yeah. Uh, and it was a, a squash, kind of, for Shayna Baszler here. Yeah. Um, she dominates... Targets Emma's arm. Uh, Emma does fight back. Um, she hit a hanging neck break off the middle rope and got a nice uh, tarantula. Love that move. Mm. Uh, whilst Baszler was in the ropes and she'd missed a knee in the corner. Uh, but then Emma gets knocked off the top rope. Kira Fuda clutched by Shayna Baszler. Felt a bit bad for Emma. He's not had a great return, if I'm perfectly honest. But I love Shayna Baszler. Uh, and the fact she just kept kicking ass afterwards was great. Shotzi runs down to make the save. Baszler... She's still kicking kick AS and then Raquel Rodriguez runs down. She's like, all right, that's fair enough. I'll leave him. This is going to sound like a bit of a pivot from me. Uh, is the answer to Ronda Rousey ain't so great now to have uh, Shayna Baszler batter her? <laughs> because Shayna here was a right laugh. Yeah. I didn't think much of the match. I definitely don't think much of the booking. But her as a heel, it was when like Shotty's music hit and like Shotty Blacker on the, on the screen. And she just stops beating up Emma and sort of has a look and be like, all right, you it is then. <laughs> and then she does it again when Raquel comes out. And it's not good booking. It's not good booking. <laughs> You've got a heel that can almost stand down a three-on-one assault. Nor is it good booking that a three baby faces need to be coming out to be like, you know what we need to do is get a numerical advantage here on this one heel. But the heel is so... Shayna Baszler, there was proper, like, NXT Queen of Spades energy out here. It was exactly. like, I love you, and this is what we wanted with the pairing of Rousey in the first place. And was it just the fact that she didn't have to look like a sidekick this week? Yes. That I was like, oh, were we wrong about the pairing? And is it, in fact, she was the cool one all along, just push her? I, like, I don't know, but I just... I felt something for Shayna Baszler. I wanted the women to keep coming. and be like, <laughs> how many more arms do you want to break in this terrible division? Like, when's Aaliyah recovered like when's <laughs> when's natalia's nose like oh, fixed yeah, yeah. so shana can break that again just keep them coming keep them coming because the way she would sell oh, another one then i got it like pop me a little bit yeah you well you don't you don't need to sell Gum me shield half hanging out yeah you like, don't need to sell me on shana base i love her so yeah. much so good uh -huh. I, like maybe maybe emanation chambers in montreal and maybe put her in a chamber to see what that looks like good, good history there has she will bond I don't recall. <sighs> <laughs> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, moving on, one, two, three, four. Lacey Evans is back in the Marine Corps. Uh, <laughs> new vignette, they've repackaged her again. This poor bloody woman. Uh, oh back to basics for her. Yeah. I don't know if she's baby-faced, I don't know if she's a heel, but she's army. <sighs> I, like, I have a lot of sympathy for her. This system is kind of, and like, for all I know, there's maybe reasons not to. This system is... Uh, like chewed her up, <laughs> safe to say. The, the year has been so insane that we'll be doing best and worst content where we can, but I would hate to have it forgotten how abysmal her return was early this year. Three or four weeks of learning about the torturous, shoot, awful life she'd have yeah. to endure so that the announcer could be told to heal her up and make her... Unless he ever says, stand up, you fat, lazy idiots. <laughs> Wet, like, uh, like that is one of the worst things WWE have done this year, right? Yeah. Think of the ground that covers, and fair play that they've just binned it. But between binning that and this now, she's like had three half baked repackages. Lacey Evans is in a multi woman match because she realizes it's her time to shine, she's good last again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it might work, it might not. I don't know, like, I feel sympathy for her. And maybe if she's going to be a babyface, that helps. But I don't think this is going to be a sympathetic babyface character. Nope. She's army. Like, she's going to shoot a guy? Like, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those, isn't it? It's a bit of a cheat code to babyface in someone is army stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah, troops. Yeah. Serving our cuts. Fair enough. Yeah. But, uh, but it's one of those where she's literally went away to have a child. Mm. And you're like, all I sit here and say every bloody week is, go away, make me miss you. And she comes back, and you're like, okay, oof, cutting really close to the bone here with these stories. And then they decide to do that, and you're like, right. And they go, right, actually, we're going to cut bait on that. And now she's just going to be woman's right woman again. And then now she's, I don't know, man. The last thing I would want to do is um, uh, disrespect anyone that's served. I think it's like... It's incredibly, incredibly a brave and noble pursuit. Uh, and But the problem WWE have crafted with Lacey Evans is that if there was, and especially Marines, by the way, I don't know if we've got any Marines listening, but they take it as a badge of honour that theirs is like one of the hardest of all, yeah. isn't it? Like, Marines is hard. Pretending to fancy Ric Flair is even harder. Yeah, yeah. So she's done stuff on camera that is harder than her life in the services will ever be. So now trying to sell me on that when you've also had to like twizzle Ric Flair's hotel room key around your finger. What a, what a life this character has had. Yes. Uh, we got a video package for Ricochet saying, I'm going to win the World Cup. Mm. Uh, and then we got Gunther versus Kofi Kingston, which was a load of fun. Mm. Uh, because, yeah, Kingston valiantly fighting and Gunther every now and again just taking his head off with an uppercut or whatever it may be. Uh, I like the bit where Kingston started fighting back and Gunther just hit him in the kidneys. Ah, oh, that was awesome. It's uh, this is. Um, do you remember? There's a list kicking around whatculture.com, and it's. A, I think this might have been a Murray joint, but it's a really. It doesn't. It's not a clickbait thing, but there was something. There was a story about the Big Show's chop, and about like Kofi Kingston's. Yes, and like because Kofi Kingston's got like a very particularly like I don't know if it's flat or like even an indentation on his like chest. Pecs have split or something. Yeah. Isn't it? Works if a guy's a chop guy, and Big Show had that big typewriter size hand, and Gunther's obviously got his chop. And Kofi was an unexpected perfect opponent for yeah. Gunther. I like that. Yeah, he uh, starts fighting back at one point. <laughs> Gunther just chops the life oh. out of him. Uh, 
Shadow Realm, soul leaving your body meme stuff yeah. that the kids say. Yeah. Despite the fact it's Gunther as well, Imperium still running uh, distractions and uh, interference to trip Kingston up. Let, let's, yet again, put over the legacy of 2.0 because why are Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci so much more fun as like running guys for Imperium than they're the old way it used to be. It feels very old school, isn't it? Ludwig Kaiser tripping someone on the apron yeah. and then looking at his, like his nails and yeah. being like, oh, it could possibly be me that did that. Yeah. He's so old school heat, but it works. He's got such a great face. They've both got really good poise in these, uh, what would you call them? Like they're slightly more elevated as um, caricatures, yeah. I would say. And that's maybe less than ideal optics-wise, but it does suit this. Like, it suits them as WWE, as a WWE stable, way more than the old Imperium. They are, yeah, they're very memeable, whether you're taunting someone because they, yeah, uh, got tripped by you on the apron or they didn't get a million viewers or whatever it may be. They're very <laughs> memeable, both of these guys. Uh, the hits Kingston with a huge big boot uh, and sets up for the power one when... <laughs> oh, music hits... And uh, Strowman, uh, sorry, Gunther doesn't run away this time, so maybe that storyline wasn't bad, naturally. Oh, I think people were totally, we've talked about it, I think people were totally overstating that. Yeah. Or weren't watching. Um, so he, he can wrecked. run away and still be handsome and hard at the same time. Like, I did. I ran 13 miles in September, you were there. Yeah. And I was still able to be handsome and hard to a degree, until the other week, actually. Uh, so he, he comes down, wrecks Vinci and Kaiser, uh, Kingston escapes the power bomb, hits the SOS near. Well, I think that's where we went to a break. We come back and they're like, "Yeah, wrestling boom's gone." Yeah, uh, Kingston hits the boom drop. Gunther though avoids the dr- uh, trouble in paradise. It's a German suplex. Kingston lands on his feet, hits a top rope frog splash for a great two count as well. Goes for a crossbody, but Gunther again just <laughs> slaps him, uh, puts him in a Boston crab, mm-hmm. switches to the STF. I love how like the whole thing is Gunther could just. KO you. Yeah. But the idea of him contorting you into a submission as well mm. looks horrible. Um, Kingston makes it to the ropes, and then Gunther hits that amazing shotgun drop kick of his. Power bomb, near fall. So he brings out his new finisher. I think it's called the Last Symphony, which yeah. I thought looked great. Yeah. the victory. It's like a, it's this like slam that almost has a gut wrench motion towards the end, isn't it? It's Gunther is uh, rapidly becoming a guy who can finish you so many ways that. The match, like almost, almost by default, will have at least one exciting near fall mm. because when you said it yourself there, like you set him up with that shotgun drop kick. Gunter's shotgun drop kick is a finisher. Yeah. Like Gunter's splash from the top rope is a finisher. The power one is a finisher. He finished Sheamus in the five star match at Clash of the Castle with a lariat because they were just dead, and it was like, well, I've, I've done everything to you. If I just keep doing stuff to yeah. you, one will work. It's like we've said it with Moxley. Like, there's the most loftiest comparison I can make. He can beat a guy 10 different ways, and that just adds to his character, makes him the complete all-round threat as a champion, as Gunther is as the Intercontinental Champion. Mm. Love the finisher, love the way he's beating people. Love Gunther. And I and I think Gunther versus Braun's going to be great, and I got it from the beginning, what was happening. Yeah. He will stand up to eventually, and he will win, but Braun is on his level in a different way. Uh, this is the bit we talked about earlier with the bloodline getting ready to leave. Uh, Sammy and Solo's a car going to get the go to get the car, mm. and there's a little moment with Jimmy and Jay. Where it's like, are you okay, okay with him lying to your face? And he's like, look, spoke with the tribal chief. He said, you know, is what it is, and look what happened. Let's draw a line under it, and then Seamus comes in with a shillelagh and kills them both, and says, yeah, we'll fight you for the tag titles if you can get past the team who. I don't know, I've got a weird feeling they might not win the tech titles tonight on Raw. Not to spoil it, we're going to preview it on, yeah, course, on Raw, yeah. of course. But uh, yes, uh, the team of Elias and, and Matt Riddle don't seem long for this world. So, I've conflicting thoughts on this. Are they, in an effort to tighten up the Bloodline story, which you would think is perfect, but there are a couple of holes. One is that like everything happens on television. So, at the Survivor Series, they had to have... Roman didn't say, well, watch the show, but he did bring it to the... Like, front straight yes. away. Before we have these war games match, this is happening, this is happening, this, and we need to address this. Yes. Because we can't go into war games with all of this up in the air. So he sorts it. He doesn't say, there was a massive camera on you, and I saw, Jay, that you were peeking out from behind the doorway from, like, 12 inches away from <laughs> yes. his head. Right? But he said he knew there was trouble. Is Jimmy now going to become a guy that's a little bit, well, Jay, I'm glad you're cool. It did feel well, a little bit like that. Cool. Yeah. Now, great. Like, a, 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 a good and interesting detail. 
they've just had that chat on camera. <laughs> so Sami Zayn should like be like, hey, Solo, like, I'm just going to catch up on what happened on SmackDown after we left in the car. And then he says, well, so now you've got a problem with Jimmy. Like, that, that, he's got a problem. That like, like, that I, I, think, I, think, well, I think it needs to be called out. I will say this. Of, I think if it's, they've said, I'm fine with it. Draw a line it. As long as you're okay, I'm okay. Which is a bit... It's a bit, in it? It's a bit... We, we've all... Yeah, we've all been on both sides of those kind of chats before, and we know what's going on there. Yeah, exactly. And I just think that to flip it now suddenly, and to all of a sudden, Jimmy be the one to show ever, ever so slight suspicion that not, might all not be on the up and up. He's pissed off that he doesn't have his special handshake just with Sammy now. J- Jay's involved. Yeah. Maybe Jimmy's going to turn on Jay. Maybe Jay gets kicked out of the bloodline. And that's why they go with. They finally get back to the Jay Uso thing. Yeah. Uh, Told you we are coming back. Then about Jay. See, we never forgot it, actually, so shut up. Uh, right, Damage Guitar. Great to see them on SmackDown. Bailey, Dakota Kai, yeah, Sky come out. Bailey's bragging, talking about war games, talking about their combined time, blah, mm. blah, blah. There's a Becky chant, and she's like, she was only in here for a cup of coffee. <laughs> Shut your goddamn mouths. Uh, she said it. And uh, everyone on uh, SmackDown sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and who should uh, defend the honor of the SmackDown women's division but Liv Morgan, who's bonkers now. Mm. Uh, and to exemplify that, she goes... Yep, uh, a team who have dominated as a threesome. There's only one of me. One, two, three. Yeah, I like those odds. Runs down, gets her ass kicked pretty quickly. Who will make this save? Uh, but a returning mm. Tegan Knox. Yes. Yeah. Genuinely pabbed when I saw this. Fantastic news. She comes down. She's got very colorful hair now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and initially, she, you know, fights them off, but the numbers game catches up to her. And then Liv Morgan grabs a kendo stick and starts wailing on people. Uh, and Morgan and Knox stand tall. Knox hits the shiniest wizard on Dakota Kai. I'm just so happy that Tegan Knox is back. And I saw some people saying, oh, well, there wasn't a big enough pop for her. Look, I, I don't think necessarily it was all about pops. This this women's division is getting strengthened week on week by Triple H, and I think this is a phenomenal addition. Yeah, it's um, what would we call it if we were reviewing AEW? It's um, it's table setting of a different kind, yes. bringing back some of these women. There wasn't a pop. Triple H has imagined that people know these uh, women more than like a lot of people weren't watching NXT, right? So no. I think he's imagined that everybody was just like had all these guys on the roller decks as, as much as he did, and they haven't, and that's fine. Uh, Candice Array was another one on Raw fairly recently. Yeah. Uh, me him being revealed as the OC's mate to counter Rhea Ripley. There's been like loads of cases of this, but the point is, um, is stocking both divisions in a way that they desperately needed it, and I mean desperately needed Especially it. Especially SmackDown. Especially SmackDown. Emma is another one, and I think the I would. It's different with someone like a Karrion Cross and a Bray Wyatt actually who have been brought back and then immediately thrust into like main event or main event adjacent spotlights. Yeah. And there is expectations on them to be a big deal from the off. And the company are telling you that they're a big deal. And then all of a sudden they kind of find themselves slipping down the card or being a bit more irrelevant. That's, that's possibly promotional malpractice. It is clear now that these women are being brought back in the number they're being brought back in to shore up divisions first and foremost. And then when he's got two like leagues that you can actually look at, then to start to start yeah. who's going to push and who not. I think Tegan Knox coming back on a SmackDown is not going to threaten Rhea Ripley's likelihood of challenging Bianca Belair no. or, or uh, uh, WrestleMania. But they're just different things. I think within six months to a year, if these divisions aren't in ruder health, then you can point fingers and ask questions because he's brought people back in such number that the work should be improving. Every like the you know the sort of rising tide elevates all ships thing yeah. should, should be occurring. Like Damage Guitar have not been a great success, but they are three women that can contribute to multiple good matches. So if in a year's time the divisions are feeling hot and cool, and Bianca Belair's idea of a women eventually main event night two of WrestleMania, all that sort of thing, if we can get to that point, then this project will have been a success. This hiring thing, I was really pleased to see Tegan Knox back. Like that was just nice. But the entrance did play like one of them Royal Rumble 2022 ones. Yeah, people I'm glad, yeah, exactly. People weren't going nuts for any of it. Um, but I was, I knew her and was happy to see her in the same way that I knew her, Emma, and I was happy to see Emma. Yeah. Now, nothing has particularly, like, it's not been like, right, well, we're going to rocket strap you after the fact. But long term, you might see loads of women get built off the back of this. Yeah, and I think for a while, this women's division, maybe not so much recently, but it was just right. Uh, Charlotte with so-and-so. Mm. Charlotte with uh, Natalia. Charlotte with uh, Liv Morgan. Charlotte with... 
because Charlotte will grab drag all the great matches yeah. out of them. And Charlotte's got to come back, as has Sasha Banks, as has Naomi, hopefully, mm-hmm. down the line. But that pool of talent now isn't just your four horsewomen and a few others, yeah. you know, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, etc. Mm. Tegan Knox, Mia Yim, Emma, Candice LeRae, yeah. Raquel Rodriguez, mm-hmm. you know, I could go on and on and on here. I think it's just, yeah, 2023 is shaping up to be... Re- like, 2023, me willing this into existence, could be the year we get Evolution 2 because of these additions. I wouldn't rule it out. And the fact that Triple H wants shot of your Hell in the Cells and the like anyway means that there's probably going to be space on the calendar for it. Mm. The first one, we can never forget, one of the reasons it happened was an optics deal because the... The Saudi show at that time was the Khashoggi one, so it was already ugly enough that women couldn't get on the card, let alone the fact that it hung under the shadow of a murdered journalist. Yeah. So Evolution t- Evolution Two could be an even um, could be like an even nicer event for happening for its own sake rather than for spin or PR. Yeah. So yeah. Moving on, can things get any worse for Rey Mysterio? Yes, they can. Carrying yeah. <laughs> Cross is there with Scarlet. He's talking about embracing the chaos of the universe and. Uh, all that bollocks. Yeah. Uh, talks about his feuds with Drew McIntyre and Madcap Moss. <laughs> one more, one side or the other. You can't say Madcap and it. I'm dead serious, Madcap. <laughs> and uh, Scarlet reveals through the tarot cards his next opponent, Ball Bloody Ray. That's that thing like that spits his drink out at home while he's footing it. What did I do? <laughs> like, sort of brilliant this because Cross isn't connecting with me. And I have a feeling that he's not connecting with anybody. And I have a feeling that WWE have acknowledged that because he beat Drew the way he beat him. And then Drew won the cage match. And they didn't pin Karrion Cross, but that's the end of the story. Like that's, yeah. that's done. So like you've kind of gone 1-1 and in a sense you've gone 2-1 because last goal wins in WWE. So Drew's won that feud. But they've kind of suggested that because Cross has moved straight onto Madcap Moss, it's all fine. Uh, it's funny as a result that a guy that is... He's basically going to try and flat track his woolly, uh, flat track his way back into title contention by bullying Rey Mysterio, a guy who he knows is absolutely on the bones of his ass because he's carrying an injury and has got this horrible situation with his son. I'm going to uh, spend a bit of time. I might book a few days off mm. from work to do work, but you know the work that I want to do rather yeah. than all these bloody podcasts <laughs> to compare. The year that Rey Mysterio has had to remember when John Cena was like, "I've had the bloody worst." Year. <laughs> yeah. I bet you haven't, John, compared to Ray. Defeated Brock Lesnar at Extreme Rules. Main evented both WrestleManias either side of this bad year he was having. Lost to The Rock. But, like, on the highest paid gate at the time, or whatever it was, yeah. Won the Rumble. Meanwhile, Ray. Won the, won the Rumble. I'm really turning it around. Ray lost Rumble. to a rookie at WrestleMania. Yeah. Sun turned on him. I mean, yeah. he did. And then Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving ruined. Thanksgiving. <laughs> He's having a nightmare with his potential daughter-in-law. And he's like, well... Oh, well, I've, at least I've got time off, and then I hope my foot will get better, and mm. let me just get through Christmas. A lot of us this time of year just like just get to the end of the year, twenty twenty, fresh start. Yeah, Karen Cross could kill you. I don't, he's thinking he sat at home like Dominic and Rhea have left the detritus of the Thanksgiving attack, and, and he's just like, I just need half an hour. The last thing I want to think about is who the bloody hell my kids are bringing home these days. And then he turns on the telly and like House of Blacker on AW. He's like, him? (laughs) My daughter? Look, this is all getting us one step closer to the match we all really want to see, and that's Scarlet versus Angie. Uh, (laughs) Uncle Howdy's being creepy. Trust him. Revel in what you are. He loves revels, Uncle Howdy. (laughs) Maybe that's the Bray Wyatt law. So, like, he didn't attack Ellie Knight. Uh Uncle Howdy didn't attack Ellie Knight. But the Bray Wyatt version of myself that picks the coffee revel. He might have attacked earlier night. Nobody wants the coffee one. I, I was so capable. mad. I don't know what he's capable of. <laughs> if he likes coffee revels. When he um so when he uh works raw, obviously, he's uh on the red brand. And the smart one is blue brand. Orange Wednesdays. <laughs> I ain't got nowhere to go but A and W. Uh, right. Bray Wyatt eating revels and deciding the fate of his opponents. That's brilliant. As, uh, as Scottish managers never say, here we are in the next round of the World Cup. Oh. The World Cup final, oh. that is. Oh. Yeah, got him. Ricochet versus Santos Escobar. Um, it pissed me off a bit of this because some uh, Buffalo Bills or some goddamn football guys were in the crowd. And there's one point and I was like, this is some jaw-dropping stuff going on in the ring. And they're like, 
It was good over there. That I wasn't w- sure if it was a fight. I read up on this, and it was some, yeah, Buffalo Bills players or something. It was distracting, right? So it, if it was distracting for me on television, it was distracting for those in the arena, obviously. And maybe the wrestlers had to know it was going on and therefore started pulling back a bit and slowing down and waiting for the... I think this took an awful long time to get going. There were chemistry issues I felt that I didn't expect, but I'm willing to go halfway and say maybe this is a bit of both. Yeah. Because, I mean, it kicked ass by the end. Oh, I don't want to like un- I don't want to undersell how good this got, but I thought it took a little bit of a while to find You get themselves. that with World Cup finals, though, don't you? <laughs> That's true. You can't really get the full picture of it, can you? Like, 2018 was great. Yeah. 2018 is probably my favourite World Cup ever. Remember, um, remember the mystery around what was going on with Ronaldo in France 98? Oh, what has happened? It's a boy wonder. But the like... Re- the real Ronaldo. The best Ronaldo. Not Penaldo. No. <laughs> or P&L Petty. Yeah. Or P- Pelé. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 2018 World Cup final was great. Yeah. But a lot of the others were rubbish. Yeah. 2010, rubbish. 2014 was pretty bad, if I remember. That first one that I was on about you, and I was allowed to stay up and watch it, and not a goddamn thing happened. Uh, Brazil and Italy, nil-nil. Extra time, nil-nil. Penalties, useless. Roberto Baggio, like they're one of the starlets of the tournament, smashed it so high into the sky that it's not come down yet. And that was how Brazil won the World Cup. Did that, what was 2006? <gasps> the banter one with Z- Zizou. Oh, oh, no, that was great. That was awesome, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was matched the other day because, uh, sorry, gone on a World Cup tangent. I do apologise, everyone. I know we're meant to talk about wrestling, but... Bon anniversaire. That lad who got sent off for Cameroon was the first player since Zizou to score and get sent off in a World Cup game. Wow, good trivia. Good uh, stat for you yeah. for your... Uh, and a year quizzes, <laughs> which I'll be writing soon. Yeah, no doubt. It's my job. Aloise cooks, buys all the presents, wraps them, and I write a quiz. That's it. And then at Christmas We've all day, got jobs. And then the worst thing is on Christmas Day, everybody's like, that quiz was so fun. <laughs> Thank is, you. Honestly. You've made this Christmas, honestly, different gravy. And he's been in the kitchen for four, four hours and say, this gravy's good, but what was different gravy <laughs> was that quiz. Hey, I help. I, pe- I, can, I can peel a carrot like to the inch of his life. I'm hearing the word hero thrown around, but I, I don't think you should. Come on, guys. <laughs> My favourite is because Anne Louise is obviously with me for the entirety of Christmas. And her life. <laughs> and, and her life. Stop with me now. Um, <laughs> Uh, she hears me do that quiz four times. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, this family. And they go, oh, have you got that quiz? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I know he sometimes just doesn't tell them and goes, I'll go on your team and looks incredibly smart. <laughs> My uh, wife is a substantially better cook than I am. Um, and she's lucky because otherwise she wouldn't be saddled with the horrendous knee problems I've got getting down to put some goddamn toys together all day on Christmas Day. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, I'll come down and have a Spoiler look alert, you don't have to put them together this year, do you? No, Yes. Nobody, um, if anybody listens to this podcast, tells my kids what I've got for Christmas, then uh, I've got more questions yeah. to ask than why you're telling my kids. Hey, Charlie and Josh, get to bed, you. Yeah. Santa has uh, got some pretty good stuff lined up, but it's hanging by the fucking throat at the moment, let me tell you. It's on a knife edge. From Santa to Santos Escobar. Nice. Look at good. that. Pulled yeah. it back. Selena Vega was on. the Christmas Chronicles? No. It's on Netflix. It's really good. I don't like Christmas films. I don't really care for sentiment. And up until this year, when I'm stepping into Christmas, I don't even really like the season. But uh, try the Christmas Chronicles. Okay. Got Kurt Russell, I think. Do I mean Kurt Russell? Maybe. Yes, he's the one that's married to Goldie Horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's married to, uh, he's married to Goldie Horn. He's Santa Claus. And there's one point where he gets arrested for kicking too much ass. Ah, uh, nice. It's really good. Um, Zelina Vega was on commentary. Mm. And I enjoyed this just for the most part for how furious she was when her boys, uh, Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde, got kicked out of ringside and then she soon followed suit. She's nailing this. As as she did once upon a time as Andrade's manager and then we never talk about that stable. Uh, but she is absolutely nailing this. Yeah, they uh, they interfered. They all got kicked out, basically. And we got a USA <laughs> chant. Uh, <laughs> and then we just got down to these two working together and they are phenomenal. Mm. Uh Ricochet comes back after the break. Head scissors, running drop kick in the tor- in the corner. Ricochet gets sent out to ringside. The ringside though, and Escobar hits a suicide dive. This Ricochet flying over the announce table. Unbelievable sell, honestly, man. He made his body like narrow and f- like slippery like a fish in such a way that he just like penciled over the announce yeah. table. So like, way back, bloody hell! Yeah, like he, uh, the way he sold it somehow like managed to increase the acceleration of Santos that had already happened. Yeah. Really impressive. Uh, they fight on the apron. Ricochet hits Escobar with a super kick and then nails him with a shooting star press off the apron onto oh, Escobar yeah. standing up. This is where it was, things started rolling. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, Ricochet and Escobar fighting on the top rope after another break. Ricochet recovers and hits a superplex. They both hit the ropes and collide in midair. Um, Ricochet runs at Escobar at ringside following that, jumps off the steps. Escobar moves. Ricochet lands on the barricade. Escobar jumps up and hits Ricochet with a hurricane rana off the barricade. Huge pep. Mm-hmm. This was just when I was like, okay, this is what I was hoping for. This is it, yeah. Once they kicked into gear, like, I, I was worried... And this is why like, I keep going back to the start of this match not being that good. I had this horrible sinking feeling that they just weren't going to be allowed to let, like, let the shackles off. I exactly, thought it was going to be like a yeah. TV time thing or something like that. Or they were going to do that awful... Or they weren't you know going to main event. Yeah, we're going to save this. Like, this was good and it was the World Cup final. But uh, we think we're a rumble. We need to go again. No, it's the world. Like, get, if you've made me think this tournament's important, give me it all. Yeah. You're fighting for a title shot, the whole deal. Um, so they're fighting on the top rope following this. I've been holding back on using it. I'm going to probably break it now. They fight on the top rope. Escobar goes for another hurricane run, and Ricochet does that unbelievable oh spot where he lands on his feet. Oh, God. So good. And so it, good. You know, I've been there in person. I've seen this uh, quite a few times now, yeah. and I never get tired of seeing it. I no. always react to it. Man's a freak. Uh, Ricochet comes back, hits a jumping knee, Northern Knight suplex into a brain buster, uh, and a springboard moonsault off the middle rope. Gets him a near fall. Um, then it looks like Escobar might win it. Because Ricochet comes off the top of the 450, but Escobar gets his knees up. Another two count. Escobar goes for the phantom driver. Ricochet reverses that into, into a pin. And whilst I want Ricochet to win, I don't want him to win with just a <laughs> you know gimmick. Uh, near fall. Then the finish. Oh, my God. Poison Rana off yeah. the top from Ricochet. Jumping knee. Super kick. Kick to the back of the head. 630 splash. <laughs> Working. Is she saying, oh my God, are you... Is that working? I don't know. We can't hear her at our end. But that's not to say it's not getting... What would be quite funny if you all go like that and we're... Like the podcast is just getting, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But we can't hear a thing anymore. Oh my God. There she there is. she's back. 6.30 splash. One, two, three. Ricochet wins the World Cup. USA are world champs, baby. <laughs> uh, poses with the trophy. The pyro goes off and there's a great stare down with Gunther who I think he fights in two weeks. Yes. For the IC title. I mean, we probably should now elephant in the room. Uh, there was a monster in the room. America had more people in this World Cup than any other condition. Yeah, cheating. So, yeah, not fair. But good for them for winning all the same. Good for Ricochet. This was tremendous. Uh, absolutely nail the fireworks display. Greatest hit stuff in the second half of the match. Selling went out of the window because we were just looking at big stuff instead. This was, like, I'm not going to pretend this wasn't anything but move after move after move after move with very little... Uh, psychology employed but it was I was so worried it wasn't going to be that kind of match that I was thrilled when it was yes um, the connection was really good as well the finish the Poison Rana is enough to beat somebody yes but there's this thing in wrestling where it's also quite good at make, having people suddenly be out on their feet yes it's like oh they don't even their bodies at this point are kind of acting independently of the brain it's like they've been flattened they've been pancaked by this thing but they're now just standing up with this like sort of punches chance with this glazed over look. They're not even really in it. So it's just how does the person conclude the job? And for Ricochet to go like, kick, 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 million flips. <laughs> I thought that was like the most Ricochet way you could possibly. It didn't yeah. feel um, it didn't feel like intense or violent. It just felt like I've got him. Now I've just got to like do my flashy bits to beat him. So I thought it was quite a nice way to use that. Otherwise, like ultra violent. It wasn't Bailey. Ripping away at the bobble and then hitting that Bailey to Bailey as Sasha just barely yes. got back to her feet. It was just like, oh, well, good. Right then, let's send him all that with something flashy. Yeah. So I quite like that. And him getting to celebrate. He looked great as well uh, with the World Cup and the, the, he was made to feel, this was made to feel like it was important. This has not been a bad tournament at all. No. Um, it has elevated the stakes of what is an otherwise fairly predictable TV title match, I would assume. Um, yeah, you look at, like, the thing is, I, I agree, I think. I don't think Gunther should lose the title until WrestleMania, for example. Right? Well, Ricochet lost it to him, so yeah. he's going to think, oh, it's taken me this summer to get back to that point. Well, look at the route he's taken. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he's not going to beat Gunther. Isn't he? Because mm. he's beaten Santos Escobar, Braun Strowman, with a caveat, yeah. and Ali, was it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that match ruled. Yeah. Like, so He's made a case for himself. They're going to do video packages next week. Uh, they've established that Ricochet and Braun have now got a good understanding together, so there will be slight discussion that, you know, Ricochet will be like, well, if you're bringing your friends, maybe I'll bring mine. Ooh. And that'll deal with that end of things as well. So I, I'll be, by the time this match comes around, 
Is we going to still be around to preview that? Not only are we going to be around to preview it, uh-huh. it's the day after the What Culture Christmas Party. Oh, excellent. All right, cool. Yeah, I'll be banging to that then. So, I'm like, <laughs> what do you think's going to happen in this match? I hope they don't spin too much. Don't make me think of a 630 splash, please. Well, boy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, a great, great one of the best Smackdowns of the year, arguably, that actually. I mean, I'd, I, I would agree. I would agree, but like, you know, you send that every week at this point. So, right, yeah, I'd have to go back in and rank them individually. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, was, right. it was a good show. Yes, let us know your thoughts on SmackDown on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, me and Sid will be here a little bit later to review AEW Rampage. Uh, and me, Sid and Hamflit, will be back this afternoon as well to preview Monday Night Raw. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hamflit. Thank you for joining us. And we... We'll see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry champagne, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.